everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our exciting podcast featuring many plays and dramas. Every single Sunday night at 7 p.m. we'll be bringing you new episodes, so tune in at GetNewFrequency.com and please subscribe to us if you haven't already on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can do that through the contact page of our website. Spring is in bloom here at the New Frequency program, and we have a bright, colorful, feel-good fantasy for you tonight called Storytime. With a title like that, you need a storyteller, and playing him in the piece is the always wonderful Todd Cherry. Hello, everybody. The storyteller. So, you know, this is a real fun fantasy piece where we sort of dive into the imagination of I guess sort of a mall storyteller and the little girl that that he encounters along the way talk about kind of finding the voice for the storyteller the character of Michael in this piece and kind of how how you maneuvered around with his character well first of all this is one that makes me really want to say thank you Matt Johnson because (laughs) years ago when you said I'm interested in doing this radio theater thing and I said that lights a fire under my butt and you let me audition and I got into this. When I was listening to this, I was like, yes, this is one of the things I was so happy I got to do in all the years that I uh, did New Frequency with you. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so this character, uh, as I was having a re-listen to this, um, I was thinking about my goddaughter Mabel and the, <laughs> right. you know the kids in my life mm-hmm. who I'm this person to. I'm being an actor, being a creative person all my life and everything. I've always acted things out for kids and you know right. had that connection with kids where I can do that with them and tell them uh, uh, fun stories and uh, and and I think that's sort of just where I drew from this. It was just being a creative person and connecting with maybe my own child right. inside through other children. Sure, Michael is very childlike in this piece. Mm-hmm. And this is a real imagination piece, too. I mean, you know, you have foghorns coming out of people's mouths and people talking to squirrels. So it's like, if you can't have fun with this type of piece, exactly. then you're not going to have fun with any of the type of pieces because this is a really great one that James Napoli wrote and and, and gave us to, to dive into. I think, thinking back on that, you know, even listening back to it in, in preparation for t- for this broadcast tonight, yeah, there's a real there's a real theme of, of, of loss under it, kind of a loss of, of imagination, something that even like that movie, the movie Inside Out played on so much here, the kind of loss mm-hmm. of your childhood innocence. And, and you know, I think that this, this piece is really reflective of maybe where we see a lot of people today, kids and adults, you know, the kind of loss of imagination. We get, we get lost in our gadgets. We get lost in, in so many distractions. And this is a piece about going back to, to the word and kind of believing in the stories the way you did as a kid a little bit. Yes, and the simple life and what, um, uh, you know, I think I mentioned one other time we were talking about uh, my small hometown Mm -hmm. and my life. And I remember my grandmother and the simplicity of, you know, canning the raspberry jam and, you know, (laughs) the things that we did that to me seemed normal. And then later in life, I got to see where, like, you know, oh, how sad that so many people I know now didn't ever have any of that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, watching Andy and Mayberry and that kind of thing, you know, uh, was a was a reminder of a simpler mm-hmm. time, a simpler life. And this then became that to me when I was listening to it and doing it when I was performing it is this simpler time when, you know, people just told stories. Right. People read books mm-hmm. yes. and, you know, actual books with pages. Right. We turned, you know. we turned, we turned physical paper in our yes. hands. Yes. For those of you who don't know, that's what a book used yes, to be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, so listening back on this, I'm like, yeah, it's that, it's that simpler time when you are a kid and before you have all the electronic devices and before you have all that stuff, you have those toys and those puzzles with big pieces and, 
you know, life is a is a very much an exploration sure. and, and of a, of imagination. Of course, the the beauty of audio drama too, in a piece like this, is we were able to cover so much time in it. I mean, it covers like almost twenty years of of this guy's life, almost in sort of a montage format, where you just hear lines here and there. There's a there's a recurring news reporter that tells the story throughout. So it it was really fun, kind of navigating through the time periods of this guy's life as well. And I think the way that only an audio drama can. Exactly. I mean, you could compare it to the movie. Boyhood, yes. where it took them 12 years <laughs> right. to make the movie <laughs> right. about you know yes. a boy growing up, and here we have you know an entire generation happening within this one piece that's about what 12 minutes. Yeah, long. exactly. Yeah, there you go. Eat your heart out, Boyhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for for joining me here to introduce it. My pleasure. So everybody, enjoy this one. Kind of go back into your imagination. Go back to whenever you were a kid a little bit and you used to hear those stories or read those books. And, you know, enjoy this one. It's what it's all about. It's called Storytime. New Frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful paradoxical. In one. one. New Frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. You know, the imagination is a very powerful tool, as the young man in our very first story on the evening will soon discover. But the real question has to be, if you imagine long enough, can it actually become reality? That is your question to answer as you enjoy story time. everyone, I'm going to tell you a story. What's it about? You'll see. But I will tell you who it's about. His name is Michael, and he's in the same profession as me. He's a storyteller. Michael has been telling stories on the weekends at the big bookstore chains for years now. But lately, well, like I said earlier, you'll see. And Mandy looked around the world, and she thought, what if something impossible could happen? What would it be? Well, for a start, thought Mandy, trees shouldn't just be green, they should be purple and orange, too. And then Mandy thought, every time someone got mad, instead of yelling or stomping their feet, they would make a sound like a, like a foghorn. A foghorn is a silly thing, so how could anyone ever be mad again? Mandy also wanted Rice Krispie s'mores to grow on trees, but maybe that was a little selfish. Still, she couldn't think of anyone who didn't like s'mores. Only a minute later, Mandy realized that her parents were waiting for her. And when she ran to give them both a big hug, she told them all about what she had been thinking. And then do you know what happened? Well, what happened was... Well, they went home and they ate a lot and they fell asleep and they dreamed nice things the end. Bye, everybody. (laughs) How about that, everyone? That's our special storyteller for today. Come on, Frank, don't overdo it. Hey, why'd you end the story so fast? You okay? Come on, you're the manager here. You haven't noticed how nobody cares anymore? Ah, so the past few audiences haven't been so attentive. Well, you'd think they'd be able to calm down with all the riddling. Ah, come on, take it easy. Kids love you. They did. Once. Ah, nothing can replace what you have, Mike. No, I can think of a few things. DVDs, PlayStation, <laughs> regimented soccer practice. Yeah, once come more. on, Mike. It's over, Frank. Nobody reads anymore. Nobody listens anymore. I'm anachronistic. Oh, you're not. What does that mean, anyway? Nice. Listen, I don't think I'll be back next week. Oh, come on. You got to. 
It's time I work for the corporate sector. Regular hours, good bennies. Oh, come on, you're nuts. You're an artist. Great underappreciated artist, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm this close to cutting off my ear. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you, Frank. Uh, okay, take care, Mike. I'll see you here next week, huh? Right, Mike? Hey, Mike! And so Michael walked away. Like all of us at any given moment, he was unaware of what fate had in store for him. I don't know. So unaware that he did not pay it quite enough attention. Excuse me? Excuse me, sir? Hi there. I really liked your story. Oh, you did? Why, that's Yeah. Well, I've been to lots of stories, but they weren't like you. No kidding? No. What's your name? Come on, Katie. We have to go now. Remember what Mommy told you. Sorry, sir. She tends to go a little overboard. We told her not to talk to strangers. Uh, No, I mean, not that you're... Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I was telling about the story. Okay, well, you tell the nice man, then we have to go. Your mother's dentist appointment, remember? Okay, okay. Let's go. But my favorite part was where the people sound like a foghorn when they get mad. That was cool. Thank you, Katie. Okay, have a nice day, sir. Did you guys like the story? Yes, oh, it's very creative. Yeah. Oh, can, can I can I come next week for another we'll story? See, can sweet. I? Can I? We'll see. Oh, bye, story man. Bye, kiddo. Got a sweet kid there, guys. Oh, yes, thank you. Thanks so much. Now, Katie, we have talked about this. But he was better than any of the care. others. I liked the foghorn. Honey, you're eight years old now. You can't just walk up to the man. Well, now, what do you suppose Michael encountered on the subway ride home? Well, what do you think? Can you guess? What was your favorite part? I'm so sorry, miss. Sorry, hon. That's all I get for the 50th time this week. Someone's bumped into me while I'm trying to get off that stupid train. I didn't mean... A woman can only take so much of this crud, you know? Why, I have a good mind to... A good mind to... What? Go ahead. Say it. I... I... What? What was that? I... I don't know. Did did you just make a sound like a foghorn? I was gonna yell at you, but... I'm just gonna go home. Did, did anybody else hear that? Hello? No, thought Michael. It couldn't have been. But maybe it could. He had to find out. So, on his way home, as he walked through Central Park... Excuse me, sir. Yeah, what do you want, pal? You are a total jerk. What? Yeah, you smell funny. Hey, look, pal, you Did better... you recently block a punt with your face? That does it. You really got me worked up now. Why... I've half a mind to... Uh, Yes! Yes, it's true! What what just happened? I'll tell you what happened. Katie's favorite part of the story, that's what happened. You're you're screwy, mister. No. You're nuts. But Michael knew he wasn't screwy. Now, most people would say later that they never heard the foghorn sound after all. But that night, enough people heard it that it made the local news, even if it was only for a minute. Our final story tonight, file this one under C for crazy. Is it a mass hallucination, perhaps? Has someone slipped something into the water supply? All we know is city officials got several dozen reports today that New Yorkers' angry outburst had been replaced with, well, the sound of a foghorn. We now go live to Ron Ravinsky at Central Park West for live Team 8 coverage. Yes, uh, this is Ron Ravinsky reporting live. Uh, just a second, I'm getting a signal from my cameraman. There seems to be a trouble with our video feed. Darn it! When will you guys get your acts together? How many times do I have to... Uh, 
Yes, well, <laughs> we always thought old Ron was a, a blowhard. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, teammate weather. <laughs> Seven, six, five, two, two, three, okay. Hello. Frank, it's Michael. Have you been watching the news? Oh, a little uh, headline. Well, did you see the story about the angry people sounding like foghorns? Oh, man, what, have you been hitting the sauce again? Look, I know you've been discouraged lately, bro. Well, listen, Frank, the idea I came up with for my children's story is happening, and I know who made it happen. It was one of the kids that you're reading. Oh, come on, make some sense, will you? Don't you see what this is? Huh? Some sort of connection happened between me and this kid. I mean, Frank, after all these years, I did it. What? I really know I did it. I sparked this kid's imagination, and to such an extent that she... She made my idea come to life. What? If she really can do this, if we really can do this, there's no telling what's in store here. You've finally gone over the edge, Mike. I was wondering when that was going to happen. I've got to find that kid. Hey, maybe the family has some discount card membership with the store or something. No, I just can't give out information Well, they like probably that. don't even know what gift yeah. their child has here. Oh, what was her name? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Katie. That was it. Yeah, Katie. 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 Where the Katie. Heck are you? Katie, a good girl. You brushed your teeth. Uh huh. You got your jammies on. Now, Betty Bye. Okay, Mom. Off to bed for Katie. Who can get into bed in five seconds? One, two, three, four. <laughs> five! <laughs> good job, Katie. Mm. Night, night, Mom. Night, night, Katie. Oh, Mom. Yes, sweetheart. The people who sounded like foghorns today, that was me. What, dear? You didn't hear the mad people go off like foghorns? Oh, no, dear. Now, but, baby, we've gone over this. But it was my favorite part of the story. What story? You don't remember? No, sweetie, I don't. Now, your father and I have... Remember, you're getting too grown up for such silly uh, notions. You're almost nine years old. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, it's all over now. I mean, the foghorns are. I liked it, but... I'm going to wait for the next story for something new. But I don't understand what you're saying, sweetie. Well, we're going to story time next week, right? Oh, maybe. Oh. If you promise to make sense from now on, okay? Um, okay. Good. Night, Mom. Good night. Katie slept peacefully that night, happy to have met someone like Michael, who allowed her imagination to flower so fully. And while she... While she slept, she forgot all about the angry people sounding like foghorns. And the next day, so did everyone else. Everyone but Michael, who now couldn't wait to get back to the big bookstore chain on Saturday. Sure enough, Katie was there, and he had a special story already. He had to find out if she could still... Well, you know. And the little worm was lost, all alone in a great big park. He couldn't find his way home. He couldn't even find his way out of the park. Oh, if only, thought the worm. And here, Michael paused, looked right at Katie, and smiled. If only squirrels could talk. Then I could find my way out of this park. There are squirrels everywhere. And Michael went on with his story, hoping that Katie would seize on to this new wild idea. And after the performance, the manager came up to greet Michael as usual. Hey, quite a switcheroo, Mike. Last week you were ready to pack it in. I told you, Frank, there's someone pretty special in that audience. Oh, yeah, that kid. Right, the one that wasn't fidgeting or picking her nose. Maybe you saw her. I don't know. I got a whole store to run here. Well, if you'll excuse me, Frank, I have to go to Central Park. Yeah. Do you like squirrels, Frank? I don't know. They're all right. Why? No reason. No reason. Huh. Okay, there's one. Well, here goes. Excuse me, Mr. Squirrel. Yeah? Yeah. Well, um, how are you today? I'm fine. 
look, you got some bread or sunflower seeds or something, or you just want to bend my ear all day. You know, I've got a lot of scampering to do. <laughs> this is fantastic. Whoa, dude, are you talking to squirrels, too? Yes, isn't it incredible? <laughs> I'll say, you know, the one I talked to last week had a great uncle who lived on the White House lawn during the Roosevelt years. Who <laughs> knew that squirrels had such rich, full lives? Uh, hello, hungry squirrel here. What you make with the nuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you're all right, man. Yes, I know. I am all right. Isn't that great? <laughs> The mayor's office received several dozen calls today from people who claimed they were having conversations with squirrels. With each story, Michael tried out something new with Katie. In another bizarre story, many New York residents are hard-pressed to explain subway ticket machines that somehow dispensed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It started to become a game for Michael. Was it our imagination? Or were Manhattan's avenues filled today with New York City cabs driving within the speed limit and stopping at red lights? Then Frank put a different idea in Michael's head. Uh, You know, Mike, uh, I'm glad you have a new fan to play to now and everything, but uh, I don't get it. I mean, your attendance is still way below normal, and uh, well, hardly anyone pays attention to you. (laughs) I mean, actually, it's just like it was before. (laughs) Gee... Frank, I suppose you're right. Yeah. Now, don't blame Michael. He couldn't help himself. So many years toiling in obscurity. So many years wishing for more. He felt he deserved something. Something for himself for a change. Katie wouldn't mind, would she? And so the king told his subjects that it was time to appreciate Michael, their storyteller. The king decreed that large crowds should gather whenever Michael spoke, and that everyone should listen and enjoy themselves and learn from the great stories. And as Michael said this, all at once, people started to drift into the children's book section. Hey, that guy is some storyteller. Oh, he sure is. Come on, kids, let's go, let's go. Hurry, hurry, it's getting packed. And hundreds of people crowded into watch Michael, and Katie met his eyes and gave him a big smile. The storyteller had finally met the person who could really tell his story. Afterwards, Michael was overjoyed. Did you see that, Frank? Yeah, I did. You know, I don't know what you're doing differently, but you better bottle it. No, (laughs) no, it's Katie. Where is she, anyway? But Katie had been ushered off by her parents, who were getting increasingly frustrated with her. Did you see all the people coming to hear the story? That was me. Me and the story man. Honestly, Dan, I don't know what to do. Your mother's right, Katie. You have to stop with the make-believe. You're going into the fourth grade. But it wasn't make-believe. Katie, that's enough. Katie didn't want to say anything more. She was afraid her parents would stop taking her to story time. And so soon after she had found such joy in knowing her imagination could make the storyteller's words come true. Gosh, it sounded almost like her parents might might stop loving her if she talked any more about it. But no, thought Katie, that was too horrible to imagine. So Katie stayed quiet, if only so that her mom and dad would keep on taking her to story time. And every weekend, Michael saw her in the audience, and Michael, well, Michael made up for lost time. And what did the storyteller find the next morning but a pile of gold on his kitchen table? And so it came to pass. Woohoo! And Michael kept on. And then the storyteller got a lucrative book publishing deal so that everyone around the world could read his stories. And that too happened. Michael became a celebrated author. The demand to hear him was staggering, but still he kept up his little weekend reading so that Katie could attend. And the king was so happy 
happy with how the storyteller had finally achieved the recognition he deserved that he gave Michael a three-picture deal. And so this, too, came to pass. Everything was going fine until Michael realized something. Oh, no. Sitting in his trailer, waiting to make his cameo appearance in the $100 million movie based on his book, Michael took a deep breath and was overcome with sadness. Look at me. I was so bitter about my own life that I... Oh my, all I did was get things for myself. But my goodness, if Katie can work such wonders through my stories, we should be saving the world. But Michael was too late. For at that exact same moment, Katie, who was now nine and a quarter years old, was playing with a friend at her house. On the television, Michael's interview with Oprah was on, and Katie looked up and said to her friend, I made his life come true. He let me imagine it, and it came true. Well, Katie's friend told her parents, and they told Katie's parents, and they took Katie to the doctor. I don't know what's wrong, doctor. She keeps insisting that she imagines all these things that actually happen. She knows she's getting too old for this nonsense, but she's fighting us, and we don't know why. And the doctor put Katie through a whole bunch of tests. I'm going to show you some splotchy pictures, Katie, and you just tell me what you see, okay? And when the results of the test confused him, the doctor said, Here's a prescription for Katie. We've had great success with it. And through it all, Katie saw the disappointment in her parents' eyes. She realized now that they might indeed stop loving her if she didn't stop imagining so many things. They were grown-ups, and they must know what was right. And so she stopped, and she very quickly forgot that the whole thing had ever happened. And so she wasn't there at story time on Saturday, and Michael kept looking for her, but she wasn't there. And he felt terrible because he realized how wrong he'd been, and he'd written a whole new special story to make up for just how selfish he'd been. And that was when everybody decided that there'd be no more hate, no more hunger, no more wars. And every living thing, from the birds to the fish to the people walking on the street, will recognize each other as brothers and sisters, and... Oh, how Michael wished Katie was there to imagine this. But she wasn't. He was too late. And everyone would always help each other, and, and no one would ever get sick again, and the trees and the oceans were all better, and everything was good. Everybody loved the story, but there was no one there to make it come true. The years went by, Michael's fame ebbed. But he never forgot the lesson he learned, and he never gave up storytelling in the bookstores. Most times, he would tell the story closest to his heart. And lo and behold, it moved both children and adults alike. And everything the storyteller said came true because of that one magical girl in the audience. But that magical girl, like all boys and girls, had to grow up one day, and sometimes growing up means some magic gets away from you. But when a boy or girl gets all grown up, maybe they can remember that magic. And keep it always. And one day, when they are very old, they can always have a magic trick up their sleeve. Thank you. And on this day, now 20 years on from when our story began, as Michael put away his things after story time... <clears throat> um, excuse me, mister? Hi, little girl. What's your name? I'm Ashley. Hi, Ashley. I really liked your story. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, that's my daughter, Ashley. We just met. Oh, you've got a big fan there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. How old are you, Ashley? I'm seven. It's a great age. Yes, not so grown up yet. No. <laughs> Michael? Yes? You don't, by any chance, uh, remember me, do you? Remember? 
Katie? <sighs> yes. It's so good to see you. I, you were my favorite storyteller. And now to bring my own little girl to see you, it's, it's just so really nice. So good to nice. see you too, Katie. <laughs> it was so long ago. Yes, it was. But you might as well know. What? You're the girl in that story, the one your daughter liked. It's funny, I, uh, I kind of got that feeling. I'm glad I was such an inspiration. Oh, yes. You made quite a connection to my work. You don't remember? I, I'm sorry I stopped coming to hear you read. I know that I did feel a connection to you, but, uh, well, it all happened so quickly. And my parents, they, well, well we moved away, and I, well... I just remember you were really good. You made it so easy to rem imagine. So then, uh, the part of the story where the man realizes he was selfish and then invents the story about changing the world, but the <laughs> girl isn't there to hear it? It feels real. But maybe. I mean, it's been so many years. Maybe it didn't happen that way at all. Well, I liked it a lot. Oh, <laughs> that's great, Ashley. I want you to like stories, sweetie. They have a lot to teach us. She has a great imagination. I try to encourage it. You should. Can I tell you my favorite part? Of course. Okay. My favorite part was when everything was good and there was no hungry people and no wars and all the fish and people and everything were happy. <laughs> really? Yep. Well, that's... That's my favorite part, too, Ashley. Mine, too. You know... Kate, she looks an awful lot like you. I wonder... What? Well, about that part of the story where the people all get along and there's no war and... Yes? Well, I mean, it was her favorite part of the story. It was, but... Uh... I'll tell you what. I'm just going to step outside and see if the world has changed. <laughs> Do you want to come with me? Yeah, let's go. I'd love to. Come on, sweetie. And what kind of a world do you think they stepped into? Do you know? Would you like to know? Well, what was your favorite part of the story? New Frequency. Signing off in three, two, one. Yeah.